Welcome to The Journey, where we are going to talk about a lifestyle with dogs and throw in a few life lessons along the way. Whether you're a hound hunter, a bird dog enthusiast running setters, pointers, retrievers, or a flat-out running dog junkie, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Heath Hyatt, a certified law enforcement canine trainer with over three decades of personal and professional training and handling experience. It's time for me to pay it forward. So grab your leads, lace up those boots, and come and join me on this lifelong process of teaching, training, and learning called The Journey. Do you like to be outdoors like I do? Hunting, fishing, hiking? If so, Onyx is the app for you. I've been a loyal Onyx user since 2013. It's the one app I can honestly say I use daily. While hunting, I know where I'm at at all times. I mark trails, feeding, bedding areas, and the list goes on. When I'm traveling, I use it to pre-scout all the new places that I'm blessed to hunt. While out west hiking Yellowstone, I knew exactly where every trail went and the difficulty of each one. And here's a secret. I even use it to mark my favorite fishing spots. It's been a game changer at work. I've used it numerous times to get in touch with property owners. I even landed MedFlight one time in the middle of nowhere using the GPS coordinates. Onyx has so many great features and tools, you can literally use it for everything. It is by far the best mapping app on the market. And hey, it's Houndsman XP approved. So get started with Onyx today using HXP20 and know where you stand. All right, guys, we got a treat for you. This is a familiar voice on podcasts um if you've listened to us he's been on our podcast way back when um he's been on double use podcast he's put out training tips if you follow him on instagram best bird dogs um you will get all kinds of tidbits of information there's little nuggets as he just said of stuff and he's running his own podcast now and you go to it, you listen, you're going to pick up more information. So we got Jarrett Moss on with us today. And Jarrett, I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day. I know you're busy training dogs. Um, just to have you on, and I, I'm excited to kind of have this conversation with you because I feel like for the most part, you and I see a lot on the same level. I agree. Yeah. And Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to riff with you. I think we... You know, I'm I'm really excited about your podcast. Ever since you started uh, on the Hounds and XP podcast, singling out and kind of helping us learn, teach. What is it? Teach, Te- learn, teach, train, and learn. TTL. That's right. Teach, train, and learn. I knew I was missing one, but <laughs> I try to catch your podcast weekly because, you know, and you and I are chatting. Even though I do focus a ton of my work on bird dogs, and you do hounds, and then you do your work. You know, your day to day work. Mm-hmm. there's a lot that passes melds over you know and i think there's a lot of small little tips and tricks that we can pick up just from just from listening to our styles and other methods and other other people that are working dogs so yeah i i mean again you know you if you watch the different disciplines and when i say disciplines i mean you know different different dog breeds different you know, just in the police dog world, you got the police dog side, you've got the sport dog side, right. um, you've got the pet dog side of that. Like, there's different disciplines in each breed. If you watch these dogs work and you watch these guys that, you know, have a good handle on their dog, like, you have to appreciate that no matter what it is. Right. Um, no doubt. And I, and I do. Like, I want to learn. I want to be better than I was yesterday. And of course, I know I'm going to screw up tomorrow and have to go back and redo things because that's just a part of the learning process. But sure. um, you posted a video a week or two ago, and I think yeah. you'd, you'd sent it to me, and I'd already seen it. And you'd sent it to me, and I'm like, yep, I'm sharing that because you were talking about one step 
one step. And I had this conversation with my training group as of yesterday. Yesterday, I had this conversation that comes up all the time. Guys, if you don't have a good foundation and you don't spend the time doing the little things, then you're never going to get where you are with the big things. So explain that that reel that you made with that. What it what it, what you were doing? What what so people can go back and watch it and actually see it. Yeah. So on that particular reel, I actually had Emma, who is I think almost four and a half now, and in that reel, Emma was just like six month old puppy, eight month old puppy, and I was teaching her what we call the stand command, which builds into woe, and the whole reel was about. With the young dogs, you have to be super patient and kind of slow and just keep asking. I, I use that kind of a lot of times when I'm working with young dogs and people come to work with us and they're like, hey, my pup's, you know, he's six months and he's not doing this and I can't get him to do that. And then I'm like, whoa, 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 back up, back up. What what does he know and what can we build off of and what can we build on? And let's take those small little things and build and build and build. And I think sometimes I get in a rush. A lot of us get in a rush. So we want that end product. And so we push through the puppy stuff real quick and we're having some success. Um, but maybe we're not slow and methodical and kind of building the foundation, like one block at a time, getting the foundation down when, when you can do that so young. And so a lot of, a lot of times I'm like, Hey, let's just slow down. Let's pause for a second. I know you want to go work on, getting your bird dog steady to flush and shot, but let's get his, let's get his groundwork. Let's get him patterning with you and let's get him to point and hold point before we do anything else. And that's kind of what I was focused on. That reel was it's okay with those young dogs. If you ask them to stand and they stand for 10 seconds and then their mind drifts and they, they see the Tweety bird or they, the mind drifts because the neighbor's dog comes over. It's like, instead of losing your cool and getting all, you know, fussy with the lead or given a kind of a correction just go back up and ask again and those those small little asks over time all of a sudden the young dog's like oh i know what you're asking me to do i get it and then you're starting to build on that that makes sense oh absolutely and i think that's going to be the the theme behind this podcast is baby steps and foundation um you and i just had a quick conversation about there's so much molding that can take place with a young dog. And I think, um, for me, I think that's why I love dog training, is taking that that clay, the puppy, yeah. and molding it into the finished product. And although I want to be successful and productive with my finished product, the funnest part about the whole process or the journey is actually watching that dog learn and grow and become the finished product. I love that word journey because you're spot on. It's like that, that's what gets my thrill anymore today. I, I look at my hound pack right now and I have an eight year old dog, a 10 year old dog and every, and then I'm missing my four, five, six, <laughs> three year old dogs. Cause I, uh, you know, I end up anyway, for whatever reason, I need a new shotgun for my boy to shoot in the trap club. And so I end up selling one of those dogs that's in his prime kicking butt. And I'm like, that's okay. Cause I got some puppies to play with. I got some young dogs and I, that's where my thrill is, is bringing those young dogs up and, mm -hmm. and putting it all together, you know? Um, so it is a journey. That's, I think you and I were talking, I, I saw your, um, video the other day you were trying to get the pups used to the truck bed. And I really, and I've messaged you this many times about how I love your puppy series in the podcast and in the, and the videos on your um, social media. Cause it's like, man, how come I didn't think of that? And you had your, you actually had a couple different videos. One video was like a step up onto the, um, the, onto the board that led into the back of the pickup. And it had some nice carpet on there. So the pups weren't scratching mm -hmm. and scrawling and man, you're, like, I, I don't know how many times you've done that with your pups, but all of a sudden they were all on the back of the truck. And I was like, look at that in a matter of 
30 seconds. It took him a couple minutes to set mm-hmm. it up, but no, 30 seconds, all those pups figured out how to get from the ground into the back of the truck. And you, I didn't hear you say a word the whole time. You were just letting them explore and learn and use their curiosity. And it's funny because then you see the guy with the two-year-old hound and he can't even get him to load. And you've got six-month-old puppies that are just in and out, in and out, playing around, having fun. So Three months old, and that was the first, oh, three first time they had ever seen that. First time they was in the back of the truck, ever. So so there, that blows my mind because I would have guessed they were six to eight months just the way they moved, you know, Mm-mm. their bodies were moving up through there three months old and they're blowing up in the, yep. that's awesome. And you know, I, and I know, like I said, I probably talked about this before. Everybody watches the stuff. Um, you know, I spend a, a lot of time. Well, I mean, I spend a lot of time prepping my dogs, you know, like you said, I, I before I ever go to the woods, those dogs will be in that truck a hundred times. They'll be in it. Um, I'll put the dog box in it and I'll feed them inside the dog box. And then, you know, I'll put them up there. I'll shut the dog box and make them wait for five minutes and then I'll feed them. And then the next step is I'm taking them 2.5 miles to where the dumpsters are from my house. So when I take the trash off, they're in the back of the truck. They write their first trip is 2.5 miles. And I come back, we let them out we have a big party. And, um, I just continue that process. And it, like you said, it takes, and I, Y'all heard me say it. It takes five minutes a day, and it's at feeding time. Um, I use feeding time because most of my hounds, and you talked about it, most of my hounds are very food-driven, very food. I mean, I'm I'm laying tracks for those dogs in the morning and making them run tracks to find their food. And in the evening, I'll take and do the loading series, or I'll do, um, I'm making them stand and wait, and then I make them sit and wait. Like I'm doing something with them all the time. So one of these questions I wanted to ask you the other day, um, like you get you get your eight week old puppy at home, he's he's weaned off. Let's say you just got him. I know you raised your own, but let's say you just got that eight week old pup. What's the very first thing you you're teach you are trying to mold? What's the very first thing you like to teach? Uh well. Me I wanted, I wanted, I wanted you to have to think about that for a sec. Cause it's like, I, I, I caught myself the other day. I was like, what's the very first thing I would teach that eight week old puppy. Mine's kind of like a melting pot. Um, the first thing I do, and I'm actually doing a, a little testing process for me. Um, cool. the first thing I want to teach them is to come to me. Come to me. So everything that I do is food from me or from from the ground when I and like the, the pups that that you've seen in the truck the that there's two high tans and two walkers they're litter mates um, the the first thing I do with I mean of course I raise those but the first thing I do when I get those pups is I will whistle or, or holler or whatever and I drop a few kibbles on the ground. And, gotcha. and I have them coming to me and, uh, you and I talked about, you know, one of the things that you said, you just said, he's like, why didn't I think of that? Let me tell you my aha moment. <laughs> you know, we've all raised pups and you got, you got a litter of pups and you let them out of the pen to go feed or you let them out. My pups run, I'm blessed. My pups run loose from daylight till dark and I put them up at dark. Um, yeah. So I'm very lucky where I live and my neighbors that I live far enough away. And if, if the dogs do that, get down there. But um, trying to put eight, six or eight pups in a pen is like herding cats. It's so fun. <laughs> like you, I used to get so mad. Like I'm telling you, so I, I used to see red trying to chase. I'd get one in and then I have to go chase two down. Yep. And when I started learning this food, the food motivation stuff, um, and right. this, this has been years ago. Um, I started every time that I put them in the pen, they got fed. And then I'm like, okay, so I've got to figure out how to, to tweak this a little bit. So I tell my dogs to kennel. Yeah. That's the term that I use for them to get in a pen. And I have a handful of food, so I don't feed them a bowl. I don't feed them like I used to. I used to feed them a bowl every time. Right. So I go to the pen. I tell them kennel. And I go to the pen and I drop that kibble in her pen. And I don't have to chase none of them. 
They go in there, they're sniffing around, they're eating their food. I shut the pen. They've had a good experience. Dad hadn't had to chase me down and grab me up right. by the nap of the neck and fussing <laughs> and cussing and carrying on. And when I figured that out, I looked at myself and I'm like, you're a dummy. Like, why have you not been doing this for years? Right. Years. So aha moment. You know, it was an aha moment. And I can go out my back door right now and say kennel. And them four puppies will knock the back out of the door to get in their pen. And now I'm 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 transitioning into um, praising them and food. So now I'm transitioning from I don't want to feed them every time. They're four months old. They've got the they know the routine. So right. twice a week I'm going in. I'm telling them to get in there, and I go in there, and we have a party. party. It's a good thing, you know. You know we play. Good, good, good. I rub them up. You know, tact. People don't understand that tactile touch has so much meaning to a dog if it's used correctly. And I mean, even if you're correcting a dog, sometimes that little bit of tactile will snap them right out of that behavior. But praising a dog will go a long way. You don't always have to have a motive like a food or a toy or or whatever. Uh, of course, you know that. I'm just talking out loud. No, I think these are awesome tips. So here's one thing I've, I've learned in the last 12 years of hound hunting. It was like some of the best hounds that I know, and you guys have said this on your show multiple times, is they're doing things on their day-to-day feeding, cleaning, airing dogs. Their day-to-day setup is just routine for you. You've been doing it for so long that it's just second nature. And somebody new that comes into the sport looks at it and goes, I wonder why he's feeding those pups and then why is he doing it that way? And he, why, and, and I think sometimes uh, as a trainer, there's times when you get so habitual that you're just doing your routine and it seems second nature to you. Somebody new is looking at it going, Holy cow, that's a heck of a lot easier way to do what you're talking about right there. You're teaching those dogs to kennel and then that's going to transition into all kinds of things, getting in the truck or, you know, getting into a kennel crate or whatever later on. So I guess my, the whole reason, what my point is, is some of the best trainers and hounds and out there, they're just, they're sometimes they're like, duh, that's just second nature. But for the first time seeing it, you're like, oh, that's a really, that's a really easy way to teach or mold. I think with these young dogs, like you and I are talking about, there's all these little things like you're teaching those dogs to go in the kennel and teach them to get in the truck. And the other day I had a little five month pup in for board and train. And one of my staff members is like, Hey, when we put him up at night in the shed to keep warm, he hates the crate. He's just fighting the crate. And I'm like, okay. So I grab him the next day and him and I are playing a game, get the kibble in the back of the crate. And, you know, in a different location, we moved the location, we changed everything up. Him and I are doing our, here he'll sit down place and then i start throwing some kibble in the back of that and the first time i threw it in the back of a different crate big old crate he kind of looked around took one step in sniffed around he's like not quite and then i threw three pieces in the back and he was like oh yeah i'll go for three pieces and then after five minutes of him, him and i playing a game i had that little guy going in and out of a crate like it was nothing right so we changed location we changed tactics and now we just turned what was a difficult thing for him a difficult task for him into a game and he just fell in love with it yeah and it took you five minutes right yeah um i mean we have we have some threshold issues in in the law enforcement side getting in and out of a car i mean a lot of dogs don't like to load they don't like you know especially if they've had a bad experience in a vehicle you know we we throw the toy through the car so they have to go up and out up and out and then we shut the door and throw it into the car and then yeah same purpose and same actual i mean it's exact and we're using the same method in two different worlds right yeah yeah and one of of the things you said there that i wanted i got two things for you the first one was you know the things that that if you've been doing this a long time and you think it's second nature like we forget things. I was at a training a month ago and was sitting watching another master trainer work dogs. And he started doing this one exercise and I'm like, Oh yeah, I used to do that 15 years ago. Haven't done it <laughs> since. 
and I'm like, I forgot about it. Like I just forgot about it. Right. Um, it works. The principle works. The, the, the theory behind what he was doing, it works. And, um, I, I, I'm not sure exactly why I got away from it, but I did, but I, I forgot that I had that in my toolbox too. And I was, it was a good reminder like, Oh, don't forget about that. That'll, you may need that one day. Right. Yeah. And the second thing is, so what is the first thing you teach your dogs? Um, again, we get to raise a lot of our puppies. And so we're, our, our, our big chores morning, afternoon and, and night are like, you're saying, Hey, let's get them all out. Let's get this place clean and secure. And when they're, four weeks it's okay but by the time they're eight weeks it's like herding cats so mm -hmm. like you said um we're using food to lure them into places hey out of out of the big whelping box into this crate for 10 minutes while we clean this and so it's how do we get it six puppies into different crates we lure them with food we play games but recall i think is the biggest one for me just from safety if nothing else it's a game and it's safe it's just hey pup when i whistle or i call or, you know, um, I hear, then that's come to me. And, and we're doing a lot of food-based rewards with that. Here's an, here's kind of a funny thing. I, I had a client come in the other day and they had bought a pup from us and they brought their pup back for, for their for a 30 day puppy program. And I said, Hey, how's feeding time going? They're like, Oh, great. We just poured it in the dish. And I was like, man, I missed, I messed up. I messed up when you took the pup home because I didn't get you set up the right way or you didn't listen or you got busy, but I'm like, Hey, I want, anyway, when they picked up the dog 30 days later, I was like, Hey, when you do feeding time, I want you to work on these three things. And the light bulb just clicked in their brain. They looked at me like, Oh yeah, that's a really good idea. And I'm <laughs> like, how did you not know? Oh, you had a dog for six months from us and you didn't still didn't know, you know, some of the things that you could do at feeding time that's going to pay huge dividends later. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you're, you're, you're making it almost automatic for the dog when they're a baby and they're a puppy. So when they're older, they don't even blink, you know, when you call them at the end, of, you know, I had a lion track the other day and the dogs were pounding up, pounding up, pounding. I was like, it's time to go home. And one of the dogs didn't come when I called her and I was, I was so mad, <laughs> so mad that she would not come home. She did not want to quit the track, but I'm like, you know, better now, you know, where have I anyway? So it's, it's super handy when you need a dog to come home or a safety issue to get that dog to come back to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's the same thing I said, they got to, they come to me. That's the first thing I teach. Yep. And yep, even life. in, even in the, um, the detection side, we get these dogs from vendors or overseas or wherever, and they're a year, year and a half old. They don't have a handle on them. Like they're wired for sound. Like they're go, 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 go. And I always tell my detection guys, if you want to put one thing of obedience on your dog, it's recall. You have to. That dog slips out of a car on, out on force, out on a main highway. You got to be able to get him back. And some of these guys right. couldn't catch their dogs if they were off lead if they had to. So yeah, I don't care what stage it is. I think that's the most important thing the dog should learn. I agree. Well, I went pheasant hunting today with um, some some individuals that have a dog from us. Anyway, their dog's been here with training. I've worked with them multiple times. Anyway, today we're hunting with that dog, and I was trying to help help them know, hey, if you give the turn command, your finger better be on the button because she's blowing you off. So they would say ho for a turn, and that dog wouldn't even – she'd say ho six, seven times, and I'm like, whoa, 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 stop. Everybody stop for a second. And I said, ma'am – um you're saying ho the third time on the third time you're actually giving the e you're stimulating the dog i said what you're doing is conditioning her to blow you off she's going to blow you off two times and wait for the e caller and just in that few minutes of stopping and talking to her she's like oh i can see that i'm actually making this worse than i and into her she she thought she was being nice and kind and showing grace to the dog or whatever she thought she was doing i'm like you're actually making this whole thing worse when you say ho, your finger's on the button. She knows, because I've already taught her, that when you say ho, she, by golly, she better turn. And 10 minutes later, ho, one time. 20 minutes later, she says, Jared, I haven't had to touch the collar for the last 
five or ten minutes and we were trying to keep them off of a busy road we were hunting along a busy road on that stretch and the dogs wanted to fade that way because of the cover and i said hey we got to keep them away from that road and so yeah we were kind of ho 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 you know keep them this way but it's it's mind-boggling to me that yeah anyway she they're just new new with bird dogs and she, she didn't realize what she was doing yeah, but as simple as simple as recall or simple as turn, it's not a complicated. But you got to be consistent, and don't think that you're disciplining the dog or being too harsh on the dog. Once he knows the command, we've jumped from mold and puppies to talking about <laughs> what, finished work. I'm sorry, but That's all right. you know, if she, she's done the, I know she's done the puppy work, so she doesn't need to be given that one and a half year old that much leeway, right? She. She did all of her puppy work. We did all the e-car work. It's like she's she's over there flipping you the bird, lady. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm not ready. So, I I was teaching a class last month, and I it, same principle, different um, behavior, but I actually explained. I asked the guy if he knew what classical conditioning was, and he said, yeah, I, I understand it. And I said, explain it to me. Of course, he explained it to me, and I said, every time you tell that dog heal, and the dog does not heal. You are classical conditioning a bad habit. Correct. Exactly what she's doing. But you wait exactly. to that third or fourth time before you apply pressure, then you are classical conditioning that behavior. And people don't understand that, yes, it's supposed to be a classical conditioning, supposed to be the best good thing, right? We're teaching good right. behaviors. But you can also cause bad behaviors through the same principle. Yep. So... Back to puppies. So I guess what we're saying is, is with the puppies, if we do all these little things to begin with, we are doing the classical, you know, conditioning, but for the right things, get in the kennel, get in the truck, mm -hmm. instead of opening the kennel and then chasing the dog down. <laughs> so I had a, I posted a little short reel. I, I was feeding my dogs the other day and I was doing um, collar pressure. You know, I, I was pulling on the collars and, you know, jerk you know just pulling on them and messing with them and stuff while they're feeding I saw that yeah i saw that what were you trying to do there so i learned this with the police side and of course the dogs are a lot older some dogs are collar sensitive and mm -hmm. because if they've had pressure put on them they don't like it so at feeding time you put pre you know you put pressure on you know you pull the collar you have your hands on it a lot of police dogs and i know you guys can't see me but i'm touching the bottom of my underneath my chin and up in my throat. If a dog's got a lot, had a lot of pressure on him, he'll be sensitive on this part of his throat and you can't touch it. Like he will, he will turn on you. So right. I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this to my pups and see if it matters, see if it does anything. So right. over, you know, over a couple years, um, I'll start pulling, pulling on the collar and doing whatever. And I, and I see that it's made a huge difference in leading the dogs. So I had a guy comment and said, yeah, I, I start leading my dogs way younger than that. And my, my pups now are four months, they're turning four months old. And I completely agree. The younger they are, the less restrictive they can be because of their size. They've got to give in to what you're doing. But what I didn't say in that reel, and I didn't comment back to him, is I'm doing exactly what you just talked about. I'm using a lot of luring. So... When I'm walking through the yard, I'll have a handful of food sometimes, and I'll have four puppies, like, walking right behind me with the food because they know it's coming. Dad's getting ready. I'm getting ready to hit the bubble gum machine. It's going to hit. Right. And right. Um, so a, a lot of that stuff, I don't, you know, the reels don't, you don't have time to explain all that and stuff. Sure. But, yes, I do a lot of luring and get that dog walking beside me comfortably before I start putting the lead on him. Um I have got a flex pole, and I know some people won't know what that is, but you can Google it. But it's a stake that goes in the ground. It looks like a fishing pole, and it's got a, a lead coming off the end of it. It'll turn 360 degrees. And if I get older dogs that fight the lead, I'll put them on that flex pole, and I'll feed them inside that circle because they have an 8-foot radius, so a 16-foot radius. They can run around, and they can't go, they can't go past that. Um, and if I've got an older dog that I get, or I have lead problems with an older dog, I'll put them on that flex pole and feed them inside it. 
And then that way, when they hit that boundary, you know, when they hit that eight foot, they can't go any further. And like I said, fit dogs will flop like a fish out of water and some will lay down on you. Some will roll over. Some of them squall, you know, we've well, all seen yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, to get back to that, I use a lot of luring before I ever put, um, a lead or something on my dog. And I've got a couple of short leads, um, that are very thin and light. And I think y'all, you may actually use this where you just let them drag it. Yes. And put that pressure. They, they learn that, Oh, that's a little bit of pressure there. Okay. That's okay. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Right. So I didn't get to explain that in the reel, but I just wanted to bring that out in case somebody had questions that, um, it's just a little quick thing I do. I didn't have a lot of time that evening, so I sat on a five-gallon bucket while he was eating and played with her collars. Right. So that's what I did. And that That's what you had time for that day. Mm-hmm. Not only did, did you condition with a collar, but you putting your hands down in there, maybe stopping one pup from eating for a second and then going to another pup. You're also, cut, in a way, when I was watching that, I'm like, man, he's also getting in there and fidgeting with everybody while they're eating. And if you have somebody that's food aggressive, they're going to show their head right there. They're going to maybe turn at you and maybe bark at you or growl at you. And it's like, I watched you do that with your pups. Nobody even, mm-hmm. no, 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 none of the pups even phased him. And I was like, man, he's doing like three things at once. And and I actually, love when you, go ahead. I love when you can spend five minutes and you're you're knocking out three or four things at one time, and the dogs don't know any different. But you're sitting there looking at your pups, going cool nobody's food aggressive nobody's getting mad nobody's throwing a fit uh that was a cool that i mean five minutes and i do i did have one that's food that was a little bit growly um and it took me two days of set and i sat i sat with them and watched them like i sat right over them like a like a helicopter parent i was like <laughs> one time when them when them bristles come up on your back you're getting it girl and right she would do that. She'd start lowering that head and posturing and pop. I give her a pop. She steps back. She's like, oh. And then she looks at me, and then she goes back to eating. Two days, two days of corrections. And when I say corrections, I mean a hand pop. You know, it was, yeah. that's what it was, a hand pop. And right. it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, appeared since. And I will watch her through her adolescence because you and I both know that food aggression brings so much other stuff later on in life. And right. if you stop it now, you don't have those problems later on. So you're exactly right what I'm doing when I'm doing something. I'm I'm probably looking at three or four or five things, and people don't really see that, but you called it. Yeah, it's second nature to, to you, you know. it That little bit of correction right there, like you said, two days, and it's probably over for a while now. It's like easy easy quick done with a puppy instead of having a one-year-old that's like 50 60 pounds and you know teeth are moving and it's like okay now i've got a now i've got a real problem instead of just a little bitty problem so yeah and i and i've seen in fact i had somebody message me tonight um kind of different scenario but like if you have a dog that starts to get food aggressive most of the time in my experience, you're gonna have you're gonna have problems either at dead game or at the tree. Like Other, yeah, it, something something it's gonna show its head somewhere. Yep. Yeah, you're. That's what I'm saying is I think you're saving you a stitch up bill later. You know, when you got two year old dogs at a tree and somebody makes a bad shot on a line or a bear and you've got a live animal on the ground and then anyway you got dogs beating up. And then you got dogs being possessive of the game. and Yeah, so you're just teaching it right there. Hey, we don't do it that way here. And smart dogs pick that up, man. It's two or three times, and they're like, yo, we don't do that here. Mm-hmm. That's just not how we do things. So. Pack order. I mean, that's all it is. It's pack order. Right. Yeah, you're not you're not the boss. Dad is. Yep. So. so you move from recall. What's probably what's one of your next ones with your hounds? The journey on Houndsman XP has teamed up with one TDC. This dual action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve our dog's health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, 
skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months, and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, go to WorkSoWell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on The Journey. With puppies? Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, Jared, I've really got on this kick with um, Miguel and Lewis from Spain on trailing. Um, I'm using so cool. I'm using food. Now, and, and it takes a little prep work. It's not, uh, you just don't go out there and drag a drag a a drag and and the pups go do it it's got to going back to those baby steps you like to use um i've got a scent pad that i put the scent on um i started with these pups at eight weeks old um i started with them i've done a scent pad work for i don't know seven or ten days and then the first drag was uh I don't know, 10 foot maybe behind a, a little blueberry bush that I have here in the yard. And then, you know, I made it longer. And I've the reason I'm not showing those videos now is because I've basically run out of space. I've run every track that I can run here in this yard and in the field beside me. And right. I've got the dogs up to several hours old. And what I'm seeing with this group is that there's, they're they're running with their head they're they're bobbing and weaving a lot um they will take a track and work it out but i mean they're cutting and slashing it so i kind of already know i mean these pups aren't even four months they're like i said they just turned four i, I kind of know what i'm getting already with them right so break that down for me just a little bit like if i'm a first-time guy i've got this piece of cloth or a pad or what what are you putting the scent on to begin with uh so i made um and again a guy texted me the other day and says what did you what did you make out of but i took a um a mat from tractor supply that's got holes cut in it it's a mat and i cut it in like a foot by foot square and we tied we tied yarn or um like an old cut up t-shirt we tied we right. tied it like in boat we took tied it up on it so it looks like a it looks like a green and gold pad um, what was the material of the mat the, it's it's like rubber. Rubber, mm -hmm. rubber. It's okay. kind of like a horse mat, but it's it's got it's got holes in it the size of a yeah. Quarter. I've seen those ones. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So the, yeah, and I just cut it. I just cut a little piece, a section out of it, <clears throat> and then. But I will tell you this: um, this has been trial and error for me because this is the this is the second group of pups I've done it on, and I'm learning as I go a little bit. Yeah. So uh, if you put a flat towel out if you just stretch a towel out because i had one guy do that and he sent me a video he goes my dogs won't get near of it and i watched the video and i'm like mm, it ain't the food it's the towel the towel is is a is something that's concerning the dog so yeah, they're not conditioned to the towel so i said yeah. roll it up and roll the towel around the outside of the bowl that takes go. that away um and then he uh, another guy had drowned the towel in odor so it overwhelmed their sensories and they're like, Oh, I don't know what this is. So I'm yeah, not getting close to it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, a little bit, a little bit, it goes a long way. Um, I got a little squirt bottle. I pour my scent in and I mix it with water to dilute it just a little bit. And I put two or three little squirts on my pad, set my bowl down. Um, if the dogs act, what I did with these pups is the first time I put the pad down, I dropped kibble in the pad. And the pad I okay. actually use for nose work because I can hide because those holes in it I can hide food right. down in it and they've got to work through it to find it. So, gotcha. um, I've and in fact I've seen that on the internet with some, uh, I don't know what kind of it was something games with dog puppies or whatever, uh, right? Game brain games or whatever. So, I do that, and then after seven to ten days of imprinting that odor. Every time they eat, that odor's there. So it's a positive association. I've got right. this odor, and don't matter what it is. You can use toilet water. It don't matter. Um, right. Good. I got a, a good, an odor, and every time that odor's there, I get fed. So positive. Okay. And then I just take it from there and start. Um, I've got an old piece of tanned bear hide. It's a foot-by-foot foot square mm -hmm. that um, 
that I use to do the drag. Um, I, right. And we can get into all that. I don't, I don't care for that scent picture because you've got, mm. you know, I've got a foot footprint dragging through the grass. That's right. not normal. That's not what the dogs are going to smell in reality. It's going to be like connecting the dots with the odor. Right. So you have to understand what you're doing. And again, what are you classical conditioning? You know, you don't want your dog running a, a, a sled because that's basically what you're doing with the drag. So, right. um, but will you drag, will you drag short, a few short drags to begin with? Like those pups, the first time you do it, like you said, a 10 foot drag, will you just do a constant 10 foot drag for the first time and then start adding in, more yeah. track type scent. Yeah, when they, when they understand, and you'll know. You can watch them pups, and um, again, classical conditioning. I I whistle, and when I whistle, they know they're going to get fed. So they come and they start searching the ground, and they pick up the odor. The odor's positive for them, and they track it to the to the food. And as they start understanding the task, I lengthen it. Um, gotcha. And then once they get pretty good at the length and when i say length i mean 100 yards these are puppies puppy puppy puppies these are puppies yeah right so don't expect him to run no two mile track it's eight hours old um and then i start adding age to the track and when i add age i shorten the track back down gotcha and there's going to be failures the dogs there are several days that my pups did not want to do it they run off or um I, i i've got a horse horse barn right beside my my property the horses got to carrying on it distracted them so i give them 15 minutes and if they don't do it i go pick the food up and then that evening i go out and do the loading in the truck or you know some other exercise i don't beat them to death with the tracking um so and i haven't like i said these pups are four they turned four months they turned four months old this past monday um so I have done a lot of different things. Like you said, luring them. I've loaded them in the truck. I have um, put the food up high on unstable stuff, down low, um, changed the location. So like you said, I fool with their collars while I've fed them. I've done all kinds of things with them. So I don't necessarily just do one exercise at a time. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. But you're, you're waking it up. I I remember an old book that I read, one of my very first books. It was like chapter one was, I can't remember, but I remember chapter two was the way this gentleman wrote it was Wakening the Nose, and that was his title, and that stuck with me forever. Mm -hmm. In the bird dog world, I do the same thing with eight-week-old puppy, 10-week-old puppy. I got him coming to me, and I'm grabbing typically at that point a dead bird, a fresh-killed bird that day that I trained with, and I'm getting in, I'm just, I grab the whole litter, and I'm, moving the bird around and, and playing with them. And I want to see if they'll nose it or mouth it or get excited with it. And I'm just trying to get them to wake up those, wake up that nose. Cause mm-hmm. that's, I mean, trying to get them to use their nose on is what we're going to do for the rest of their life. Right. So it's like, Hey, let's see if there's some natural instinct in this litter and who's, who's a little more mouthy, who's willing to pick it up, who might be afraid of it. They're like, you, they smell it and they back up and go, Whoa, I've never smelled that before. And so, it's interesting, two different, completely different, you know, hound dogs and bird dogs. And yet you're doing recall. I'm doing recall. You're waking up the dog's nose and creating a positive with an odor. And I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm trying to get those dogs excited about an odor. Yeah. I'm And like I said, so that's, that's the second thing that I've been doing, but along the way, I'm also, like I just said, I'm implementing loading and leading and, you know, right. stay, I, I, I've been very big on, um, I don't, I don't like my dogs jumping out of the box and running over top of me. So that's something else that, you know, in that zero to six month of age, I've got them in the dog box and I make them wait and I'll open the door. And if they stay, I feed them a handful of food. So I'm still using food for the majority of, of their foundation training and yeah and just so everybody understands i can get way more reps in with food that's the that's right. the kicker i can do i can do a whole feeding session and get 50 reps in 
during a feeding session if I'm doing something that, that we would require that. And that pup's having fun. He doesn't know. He, he has no idea that you're getting 22 reps in. Mm-mm. He's just like, whatever. Yeah, every time I do this right, I get fed. That's right. They're having a game, and they're excited. I had a little pup come in for training um, a couple months ago, and his first couple sessions were we were just dragging the long line, trying to get him used to that, like we talked about a minute ago. And about the third day, I, I started, like, man, he's just not, he's not having fun. He's not excited. So we backed up and did a few food sessions with him for a couple of days. And man, all of a sudden I'd go to his kennel and he's like, he saw me coming and he knew that he was going to get some fun time, right? Some, some food, everything was clicking in his mind. Like, Hey, this is fun. I want to go do this. What are we doing today? Instead of, oh crap, you know? So you're with that, you know, little, little puppies doing these 20, like you said, a bunch of little reps and 15 minutes, 10 minutes of feeding time. Yeah. Yeah. That adds up. Yeah, and one thing people have to understand when it, when we're talking about puppies and, and foundation stuff, it can't be cumbersome, and you, you've you said it three or four times, it has to be fun. Fun. Because if it's not fun, it's not they're not going to continue to do it. Dogs are going to do anything they can to for self-preservation, whatever satisfies them. And right. <clears throat> we're just, I hate to use the word manipulating because we we're are – but yeah, we're molding. Let's use the, yeah, I like the word mold better. You know, yeah. I'm molding and shaping that behavior, what I want from the dog, and then I pair it with a word. Um, I call right. it back chaining. I I I always have them doing the behavior first, and then I add the word to it. I love uh, that word, man. Where's that word been for 15 years? What's that back chaining? Back chaining. I yeah. love that word. Yeah, I mean, because that's I tell my clients that all the time. Like we teach this dog to whoa without saying whoa we do all the reps on the line teaching them with the cord and then we layer the word on top of the action the dog's already doing the action and he pairs the two together and goes boom i like back chaining that's a great word yeah i mean it, it when i was yeah i mean that's how we do when we do obedience the dog knows how to sit we don't teach him dog knows how to lay down dog knows how to stand they do that naturally we just right. we just pair the word when they do the behavior so, yeah, same thing. Um, and, I, you know, I've gotten really um, lax with, I mean, I have got not the knowledge to do some phenomenal things. And I don't, as much time as I spend with them, I don't spend enough. Because the goal with these puppies, this, this litter here, which is the bee litter for me, like, I want to be able to be walking through the woods, my old dog's open, and... They, them look at me and say, Dad, can I go? Not just take off and try to pull your hand out of socket with a lead. And I, I've had dogs like that before, but I did not accomplish it the way that I would now. It was more compulsion. It was not It was not by um, capping their drive, which I, I completely understand now. And So that's a goal with this litter is to be able to walk, the walk with them and – them them say them ask me can i go can i go how cool would that be that's a lot of conditioning but that would be very cool yes um like i said i've i've done it I, I, yeah I, I had a dog before that i could do that with and i've not had it i've not done it since but then i didn't even know what i was doing i mean i literally sure. was um correcting the dog into submissions what i was doing and that's not no, I want them ears perked, you know, perked up and body language and posture. I, I want a different, um, a different body language from these dogs. Yeah. Do you teach your hounds after you've done some of this? Do you teach sit with with the food? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean it's just teaching patience. Um, like I said, I don't want them running out of the. the I mean, I've had dogs before that you open that dog box and they literally run over top of you. I mean, they, they yeah. gone. Um, it, it's okay for you to get gone, but do it when I tell you to and, you know, don't act like an idiot while you're doing it. Right. Yeah, so we, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I, first, I first teach them to stand and be patient. Stand. Yep, stand yeah. and be patient. Because most of them, will, they'll, they'll freeze up, they'll lock up. And then right. once they do that, then we hold it a little bit longer 
and it's so funny to watch this process because um, I'm doing it with like with these right now. I've got one. Now he'll pop a squat. You got to You got to get your little girl video. You're doing it one night, so I send it to me. I will. So I've got. I've got one that'll pop a squat pretty fast, man. He'll sit. As soon as you get, make him wait ten seconds. Boom, he'll sit down. Oh. And then what happens is, once he does it, the little female will do it. It's like a chain yeah. reaction. It's like once you get one to do it, like it doesn't right. monkey see monkey do, right? Yes. Dogs learn so much from each other. Um, Fast. But, yeah, so Bridger will be the first one that, that, that sits, and the other ones will follow suit. Now, Briggs, which is my hard-headed one, he's always the last. But he's the puppy that wanders the furthest. He's the one that's out into stuff that you're like, no, don't do that. Like this morning, he was down here and had the big white horse bait up. And I'm like, Bridger, <laughs> like, no. So I squall at him, and he's like, what, Dad? Um, so I, I get him back, and but, yeah, so I've got a hard-headed one in the bunch. But, yeah, monkey see, monkey do. That's so cool that you're – but you're already teaching him to wait. And and then he – and the one pup's learn if I wait here, sit down. Are you then rewarding with some food? Or is the reward just freedom? Or so what I what I'm doing? Yes, I'm rewarding. This is at feeding time. I'm doing this at feeding time. So what I started doing is as soon as he sit, he got I put the bowl of food in front of him, and then two days later, I make him sit, and then she sit, and then I put the bowl in front of her. Gotcha. And then like I said, it, it as soon as she sat. Bronx, he's like so. It's like I said, it's a chain reaction. Like once they right. figure it out, as soon as I sit down, I get fed, and then I right. then I change the duration, and I'm not to that point yet, but I'm I'm getting to that point where I'm at. So, do you think when that little female saw the first dog sit, and he got fed the night before, do you think she was intelligent enough a couple of days later to be like, man, I'm gonna sit down because I want to get the food? Do you think that they think like that? I mean, again, I think monkey see, monkey do. I think she saw that it benefited him, and I'm yeah, gonna get some. Yeah, she saw he got fed yeah. first the right. night before, right? Yeah. I think some of those. <clears throat> there's times when I think dogs are smarter than we give them credit, and it's like the third, the third or fourth rep. Those smart dogs are like, "Why is he getting fed first? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they they speed up their process, and then the, then like you said, you rewarded her the next night, and now she's like, it's like, oh, that that cemented in her mind. Cool. I know what we're doing now. Yeah. So I've got. Stop and wait. I'm going to sit down. Yeah. I've got three setting. I'm still waiting on hardhead. <laughs> so what I may do with him is I may hold him a little bit <clears throat> and make yeah. him. I may. I actually may build his drive a little bit, like hold him back and cause him to get frustrated. And then, yeah. you know, that works wonders in training too, if you're applying it right and whatever. But. <clears throat> like if a dog's not getting what the other dogs are getting, but then again, I don't want it to be a, uh, a possession thing either. Well, like, wait a second, I didn't get this. So now I'm going to get it and you're not getting it. So you got to be careful. It's a, it's a fine balance when you do stuff like that. Sure. Sure. This has been a lot. This has been great, man. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of small little things that are, it's like all these little things you're talking about. We could talk for hours and then, and then it adds up to being, you know, loading in the truck and they're doing it without, they're, they're reading your body language. You walk up to the trot and drop the tailgate. They're just waiting for the kennel door to open so they can pound, jump in, you know? Well, they've had a positive experience with it for the first four months of their life or, you know, the, the first four months of their six month period, they've had a positive experience with getting in a truck. And I mean, yeah, I, it makes it makes your experience, and this is what the journey's about. It makes your experience with that dog. I don't care if it's a hound, bird dog, lab. I don't care. Running dog. I, I don't care. Search and rescue, police dog. I don't care what it is. It makes your experience with that dog so much better. <clears throat> and Jared, you've probably, I've had a, I've had a handful of these dogs in my life that you don't have to say nothing to them. You don't have to get on them. Because they're that pleasurable to be around. Right. And it all comes from five minutes a day. It does. It's all those little asks along the way 
and then you got a two-year-old that's doing what six eight-year-olds are doing and you know you're you've got a one-year-old that's doing what a three-year-old's doing and he's so much further ahead they want to work they want to please you they want they know they're start it's like you're teaching learning how to learn you're teaching them how to learn those little food sessions those little sessions are awesome man it's just it just it's like that pup we just talked about he didn't really want to do anything the first three days once i taught him we were having fun man after that i can light the the training goes lightning fast after that because he's like cool what's the next thing what are we doing next what are we doing next and i watch you know those food little those food sessions all of a sudden you've got a dog that comes out of the kennel and he's like what are we learning today what are we doing like let's go you know and no now then you have a one-year-old that's got the mental maturity of a three-year-old it's just awesome and to, you're making it fun. Like I said, it all has to go back to fun and fun and foundation. <laughs> that's what it should. That's what it should be. The foundation should be fun. And if your foundation solid, I know we've we've preached this. If your foundation is solid, no matter what problems you have later on, you can back up, regroup yes. at that foundation, and correct it. And it will be easier to correct. correct. If you don't have that foundation, then correction unless sometimes unless you're a professional or have a professional helping you may never fix it right so that foundation's so critical a lot of times i tell tell my clients it's like with these foundational things that we've taught if we start going down and we have an issue let's say we have an issue with the dog and the gun or whatever whatever the issue is we can always come back a couple of steps, regain that dog's focus, regain his confidence. He knows what you're asking him to do on that little easier task. And then we can go forward again. It, if you do the foundation right, it will be the, it'll be your saving grace, man. Cause the, the day you screw up, you're just like, okay, you're not getting it. I messed up. Let's back up a step and regain your confidence. And then we'll try again. You know, I'll, I'll uh, try a different method or different idea of how to explain what I'm asking you to do. And the dog goes back and he's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good. I can do this. You can regain that confidence, move forward again, try again, ask again. I like that, the little asks. I mean, I like that. that that's, I mean, small step, baby steps. And, you know, I, I hear, I, again, I'm blessed. I, I, I'm able to work with dogs in my career. And I work with, you know, I'm, I don't even call it work because I, I don't feel like it's work <laughs> to me. But, yeah. um, you know, I don't have time. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. It takes you five minutes to feed your dog. So take that five minutes and, and ask the dog to perform a task. Like it's easy. And, you know, I said this on before, uh, I was reading an article and it says, if you spend 18 minutes a day doing something that you love, and it was talking about sports, then you will be better than 93% of everybody else. So 18 minutes a day with your dogs, you're going to be in the top, you're going to be in the top 7% because you're, you're spending more time and, and you can tell like you can go hunting places and see people work dogs. And you're like, that person spends a lot of time with their dogs. Cause like you said, they don't say nothing. They go, they go to the back of the truck, they drop a tailgate, the dogs come around and they start loading up or, you know, However, I mean, that's just a, a short example. Well, I got to, I got to pay you a compliment. Keep the journey going, man. Cause it's awesome. I, you know, I know for you, it's, this is your passion. So, and it's, 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 it takes time out of your day to make these podcasts and for people to, but we're, you know, I, I love, I love this platform because I think you can get into some of these conversations further than you can in the reels and the stuff online. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it's free. Like I can plug into the journey every week and learn something. And everybody that's out there saying, Oh, I can't figure this out. I'm not Heath Hyatt. I don't have the knowledge. It's like, well, he's giving it to you one step at a time. All these little nuggets along the way, man, just grab one of those nuggets, work on it till you got that down. Then go to the next one, go to the next one. I mean, it's free content. That's you're getting, you're getting a master trainer here. That's putting his time on hold and helping. So I, man, props, props to Hounds and XP and you guys and Chris and everybody on the team. It's awesome. It's so cool to see. It's very cool to see somebody give 
um, selflessly of, you know, of their time and their talents. And for you, it's fun because you talk about what you love to do, but you know, there's a lot of good stuff on all those episodes. There's a lot of good stuff. Well, I think you can always learn from, from other, you know, you can always learn something from, from everybody, even if it's, even, even if it's not a, a, a method, a training style, a discipline that, that you don't care for. If you sit back and watch, you're going to pick up something. Um, I give, I give this analogy and I know I'm holding you up. Um, the Dutch guys who I'm good friends with now, um, in fact, right. the, the dog that I'm running, and I, I you may have heard me say this, I went to three of their seminars, and I'm like, this stuff is junk. Why are they doing it that way? I mean, this doesn't make sense to me. And this, you know, I, I, I just, I was a negative, negative about it. And then I got my dog from them. It just ended up working out that way. And I went to another seminar, and it had that aha moment. I'm like, these guys have been in the Dutch police force for 37 years. I don't know nothing what they know. And if you look at the stuff they were doing, they were so successful. I mean, like, knocking it out of the park. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn this and under, try to understand why. And it, that was the four seminar that I had went to before I, right. I was like, I've got to quit being bullish and open my mind. And like, it's changed my thought process. It's changed my training. Um, it's made me better by knowing yeah. those guys and learning their technique and their theory. Now, do I use it for every dog? No, I sure don't. Nope. But there's dogs that it works phenomenal on. Right. So, yeah, you can always learn something from, even if you don't agree with it, if you just right. step back and say, all right, let me see what they're doing, why they're doing it. And that's the thing. I had to ask why. I'm like, why Why are you running a track up and back? Dogs don't operate like that. And then once they explained the, the theory behind it and they showed me the success, I'm like, it works. Okay. Let's roll with it. <laughs> let's go. Right. Right. Well, the reason why we're doing it that way is because we 98% of the time we get this result. Oh, okay. That works. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think if we could scream anything, it's, it's like we were talking about before about being open-minded. You got to, man. I mean, I opened my mind this year to the pet world and it's like for, for years, I'm like, I don't even want to watch anything to do with that. And now I'm over here going, man, there's a lot of cool little things I can, I can dial in and I can add. Why, why was I so stubborn to not? Yeah. Just, just be open-minded. Mm -hmm. I think we get stuck in a rut and we're like, Oh, this is how we do it. Just keep doing it. And then that one day you get that dog. That's like, he's not picking it up. He's not figuring it out. And now you're like, well, better call Heath and ask Heath what he <laughs> thinks and better call uh james and ask him what he thinks and it's like well you're gonna have to completely do it a different way do it this way oh okay yeah so yeah i mean we can always learn that's we right. gotta be learning that's right i hope you know what was it uh who was it that um was it teddy roosevelt that one that he passed away and they removed him from his bed underneath his pillow was a book oh really mm -hmm. yeah wow and i mean he was reading and learning up Earning. to the to the day that he passed away yeah yep so that's awesome yep well jared i appreciate it and man i'm gonna have you back on because we could talk i mean conversation could just keep going and going and going and going we could talk about sure. so many other things so right. but you guys go to to bird dog and and check jared out um see what he's got to say i mean he's training dogs Watch his reels, watch his videos. I'm learning from them. Like, I'm watching them to see what I can pick up because I want to learn. And if I don't know it, then it may be something that I can use down the road. Yep. Yeah. I feel the same way. I'm watching your reels going, oh, that's a great idea. I could add that to this. Yeah. Always, always be learning. That's right. All right, Jared. Thank you for helping us teach, train, and learn. 
I've been a member and supporter of Go Wild for over a year now. Man, how time flies. Their social media platform is for hunters by hunters. And if you followed me for any length of time, you know that I'm in the woods or on the water if I'm not working. And yes, some ask, do you work? Unfortunately, I do. It's a place that I post all of my trophies, no matter how big or small. Mine, mostly small. I get tips, tricks, tactics, and advice from people who eat, breathe, and sleep the outdoors. I log all of my outdoor adventures, including the time spent listening to the best podcast in the land, The Journey, hosted by no other than yours truly. So when I need anything outdoors, I just log on to the Go Wild store, pick out what I need, and that's anything from hunting, fishing, camping, optics, outdoor wear, and yes, hound supplies. I'm proud to partner up with the Go Wild team. So let's get your journey started today here on Go Wild. Go Wild.